Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, hey, Rush Nation, happy Thanksgiving! I suppose that's an appropriate entrance for the Thanksgiving episode of today's or this week's show. Big man, how are you on this Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving, that's for sure. And, um, yeah, there's a game going on now. Uh, the Packers are surprisingly winning. Um, not, I think a game anyone expected, but then the Lions do what they do best and choke on Thanksgiving. So, you know, uh, it's nice to see that some Thanksgiving traditions always seem to (laughs) continue no matter what. So, Sorry, Lions fans. I like the Lions. Hey, I like the Lions. It's just quite funny that they are uh, bombing a bit this year. Oh, this this Thanksgiving Day. So I was going to say um, this year. I say this year they've been great, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's yeah, a lot to be thankful for. It's been a challenging year, so uh, thankful to you, thankful to this community, uh, whether they're listening now or watching the game. I imagine our listenership live might be the lowest it's ever been <laughs> um but i think uh that at least the podcast people will pick it up but yeah it's 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 great isn't it football on a thursday during the afternoon like it's hard to hard to knock that when it happens yeah this is the only time where i wish i had a proper man cave with a screen where i could watch whilst recording on thanksgiving thursday that would be the wait, ultimate play wait the only time i want that every day of my life and twice on sundays well, no, I meant specifically for recording this podcast right now. <laughs> I just have a different screen. I want the Drew Davenport set up with the TVs. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. But not yet. Not there yet. Not there yet. Uh, talking of Community Murph, you've got a announcement to make. Yeah, uh, I do. So a good friend of mine, a uh, really good friend of mine, um, 
Matt Cullen lost his father uh, last week. Tragically, he was uh, vacationing on holiday in Germany, like uh, he does every year. Um, and he um, suddenly passed away. It was very unexpected. Um, and Matt, on top of having to deal with the grief of losing his father, is um, been dealing with insurance uh, companies. And it looks extremely unlikely, in fact, impossible, really, that they're going to pay for uh, him to be uh, repatronized back to the UK. And so Matt is having to be financially responsible for £5,000 to bring his father back home to the UK from Germany, which, you know, it's it's one thing to lose your, lose your dad. I've been in that situation, although very different circumstances, and you have your own levels of grief and emotion, and then he's got young children who have lost their grandparent um, and having to deal with their emotions he's got a brother he's got a you know a mother he's got family members that he's having to help get through this grief as well as grieving on his own and now he's having to manage this situation pretty much exclusively by himself and that's just hard um and so and and also costly you know who has a spare five grand knocking around to bring their bring their dad home in an unexpected situation so we as a community um and a lot of credit goes to Jack Humphrey on this. He was on the show a few weeks ago and um, he messaged me saying like, oh, we should do something. And I went, well, I think the thing that him and I do best is put on competitions, right? That's kind of what we what we do. So we decided to do that. And the community have been very generous with, with prizes. So um, just a couple of hours ago, I launched um, an in-season uh, eliminator, very similar style to the eliminator I launched a few weeks ago to get more money into... Uh, charity coffers for um mps society but this one is exclusively for um a gofundme for matt's dad to bring matt's dad home so that he can have the proper uh, funeral and, and burial um so yeah um if if anybody who has already donated uh, if you want to fill in uh, i sent a tweet uh, you should be able to find it on my twitter um but do enter if you haven't already donated it's a minimum donation of 10 pounds um it's amazing this community has in the last 48 hours raised three and a half thousand pounds of that five thousand pound total which is just an amazing thing this time of year running up to christmas and cost of living and, and everything else and appreciate that people don't have you know lots of money lying around i, I get it 110 percent um but you know this is this is a cause that's very near and dear to my heart um not really ever talked about this publicly, but I never went to my father's funeral. Um, I'm probably not going to share the details as to why uh, on here. It's a very private matter. Um, but um, I didn't get the opportunity to go to my father's funeral, I should say, as opposed to it was a choice. It wasn't a choice at all. That choice was taken away from me. And I, I have to admit that messed with me for about 10 years. Because my father and I are, we weren't the closest. We weren't buddies. We weren't, you know, people that we, I saw very often. I can't say that he was a huge influence on my childhood or anything like that. But he's still my dad at the end of the day. Still the person that gave me life. Um, he didn't wrong me in any particular way or anything like that. Just circumstances and, and life and politics of families. 
Um, but you know, the one thing I'll, I'll say is not going to my dad's funeral was, was hard. Uh, and that was taken away from me. And it took me a very long time to get over that. And it really, yeah. And I'm talking a decade, maybe even slightly over that. Um, I, I'd even go as far to say that that, um, that situation made it very difficult for me to have my own children until I was over that situation. There was that much of an impact on me. And this strikes a real chord with me personally, because Matt's not just a really good friend and someone who's been there for me when I've had tough times this year, but every person um, should have an opportunity to say goodbye to their loved ones properly. And um, I, I can't, stress enough how important it is to to say goodbye and to have that piece of closure because as hard as hard as it is to do at least you've got that opportunity to do it and i don't want that taken away from anybody i really don't want that taken away from anybody so if we can raise this money for map I know he will be grateful, but also I just think it's as a, as a community, it's the right thing to do. Um, I just, I feel really strongly about this and, and people probably don't, um, don't know this. And I don't share these kind of personal things that often, but it, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm real, really strongly about this sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it, let, let's do this let's give let's get matt's dad home you know he's he's english he should be on english soil and his family should have the right to to say goodbye properly um they didn't get the opportunity to say goodbye when he passed because he was abroad so that that's that's that's, that's wrong or right let's let's do this as a community and, and let's do this as soon as we can so the community have done amazing three and a half thousand pounds in in two days since we've launched this you know another couple of hundred pounds already raised Please, if if you have ten pounds spare, and there's some amazing prizes, by the way, I, and and shout out to the community, the franchise tag guys have donated the signed Keenan Allen shirt. Uh, Nia for a touchdown box has don donated a touchdown box. Um, I'm pretty close to announcing a couple of fantasy site subscriptions for 2024. Ones I either work for or ones I work very closely with. Um, we're going to have spots in the Steve Rains Bowl, stop spots in the FFCC, uh, entries in the Fantasy Game Day app. There's loads of prizes. So, you know, not that people would need the prizes to donate, um, but, you know, and you get to draft. You, you know, if your teams aren't doing well, you can draft a new team. You can try and win another ship. It's a four-week competition. Should be fun. You get to meet more people in the community. And, um, but, yeah, I, I, I feel like I, I genuinely – I. I feel like sometimes people think that um, I perhaps like jump on bandwagons and things like that when it comes to fundraising. I'm sure it's probably a, a real minority, but I, I can't tell you how strongly things like this like mean to me because this one just like I can relate to that pain of not being at a funeral. And I know they'd probably have a funeral anyway, but I think having the body there would, would mean would mean everything. So. Let, let, let's do this. Let's do this for Matt. Um, and we're so close as a community. So I, I feel like we've got to do our bit. Um, so please enter. Um, we'll have a lot of fun doing it. And I know Matt 
uh, is extremely grateful and messaging him daily. Um, and I know he'd be extremely grateful uh, to everybody who enters. So, yeah, if you've already donated, great. Um, send me the link or send me the confirmation of that. Um, and, yeah, we'll definitely uh, enter you. And if you haven't, then, you know, £10 donation uh, and you're in. So, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, I'm appealing more to like the American audiences here um, that we have. We have quite a strong American audience. If you don't know Matt, Matt um, runs a charity tournament of his own. He raises £10,000 a year for charity. So this isn't just like a random bloke. This is someone who gives a heck of a lot back to the UK fantasy community and worldwide fantasy community, a lot of uh, international players in there. So he runs the JTC Cup, which I'm sure many, many people listening to this podcast are aware of. So it's not even just uh, we're picking a guy, right? It's This is um, someone who's given so much to the fantasy community. So let's give something back to him in this time of need. Yeah, there's... There's so many charity tournaments and stuff uh, at the start of the year and everything, but this one feels uh, so close to home at, at this point as well of the year. It just makes absolute sense to get behind it and and, and yeah, bring it, it back. So it's like, it's like Jack runs um, the Steve Rains Bowl, um, and that one hurts every year. I'm, I'm blessed to play in it every year, but it it hurts to play in it because. I'd rather not play in it and have Steve here. And I never met Steve in person, but I talked to Steve. You talked to Steve Stocks as well. So yeah. um, that one hurts, like playing in that every year. Um, playing in the King's Classic and wearing a, a T-shirt um, that says Tag Strong on it, losing Mike Taglier, who was a friend of mine, um, who I talked to. Yeah, I, the, I mean, these charity tournaments, they're wonderful and they're great. And it, it allows us to do amazing things, but also... You know, it, especially today, Thanksgiving. Uh, I know we don't celebrate here in the UK, um, but as we're getting close to Christmas, you know, losing loved ones, it's it's tough. It's a good reminder of actually we have a a social responsibility to do right by other people if we can, and we have the ability to. And most of us are very blessed and fortunate to have our family and our friends and and the opportunity to do something. So, um. I'm done. I'll, I'll stop talking about it now. Uh, I don't want to lower the zone too much, but um, I, I just want people to understand why it's important to me. Um, I, I, you know, it's not about me at all. I'm not trying to make this about me because it's not. I'm just trying to explain why why we're doing this and why it is important 
for me to do it. Um, not just because Matt's a good friend, but I feel it's just the right thing to do. And it touches me in, in so many ways. And I've shared a little bit as to why it does. So, um, yeah, emotional over, right? <laughs> Let's kick on. But yeah, do join. Uh, links in the tweet. If you can't find it, DM me and I'll share it with you. Yeah, it's pretty. It's your pin tweet as well, no? Uh, no, it's not my pin tweet. Um, but uh, maybe I might make it my my pin tweet. The pin tweet still the book. <laughs> no, it's the it's the book. I might make it the five yard pin tweet. Actually, let's do that. That might be easier. There you go. There you go. Right, Murph. Reaction to week ten. Is that week 11. ten? Or is it supposed to be eleven? Yeah, I probably um, didn't change that in the line. No, that's fine. You change it now. Make me look silly. Um, anything surprise you from week eleven? I mean, a few things. Um, I mean, the Broncos winning was a surprise. <laughs> how, how dare you? How how dare you? Uh, yeah, I'd let a few things uh, surprise me. Um, I I would say for me the the, the, the there there are a few things. One was Raheem Mostert's usage, right? Uh, 79% snaps played, uh, 22 rush attempts, uh, both season highs. Now, I look, I know Devon Acham got injured in this game, re-injured, we should say, hence why you should never rush people back because uh, he re-aggravated the same injury, clearly wasn't 100%. But even so, they have enough of a supporting cast there. So it surprised me. He's dealing with multiple injuries. So it was surprising to see this kind of usage. Um, I would say, um, I would almost say it was borderline reckless as well, given that the, <laughs> they are uh, on on course for a playoff spot. So, um, oh, I've just seen the the Packers had scored another one while I was going through my emotional piece there. Uh, Jordan loves having a game. Happy Thanksgiving, Mister Love. Yeah, that's three touchdown passes for Jordan Love. He's in my uh, Scott Fishbowl team, so uh, that's useful, very useful. Um, so thank you, Mr. Love for that. Um, yeah. So yeah, Raheem Yost's usage was, was, uh, surprising to me. Jalen Hurts throwing for just 150 yards against the, the Chiefs. That was really surprising. Uh, if you're playing fantasy, you probably wouldn't have really noticed that unless you got into the severe box scores. Um, I really thought that, so I wasn't surprised by AJ Brown's game. All that much. Um, I wrote about this on Fantasy Pros last week. He had a, a really tough matchup against the Jerry Sneed, but I expected more from Devonta Smith. He did have a bad game, Devonta Smith, by the way. I'm not calling him out. I'm just saying that that 150 <laughs> yards from, from, from Hertz was not the part I was expecting in that. So uh, I do feel that that really surprised me a bit that, that he only threw for that much because that is an offense you can throw on uh, with the right matchups. And they certainly had the right weapons to utilize um but they won the game so you know you can't be too critical i suppose um and then i just really baffled that alexander matterson is not a good running back um just not a good running back in general and yet we've seen ty chandler be really productive and yet we see alexander matterson out touching ty chandler and i i don't get it i i, I don't get it i don't get what they're doing in Minnesota to make that decision because they weren't all in on him anyway, because they bought in Cam Akers and they bought in Ty Chandler. So they, they weren't all in on him anyway. 
and then he's not fully fit, and yet they give him the ball more than Ty Chandler, who is fully fit. It was just baffling to me. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not it's not the first week that we've sat here and said how bad Alexander Madison is and what is going on in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I, do you know, it, it, it's a strange one, right? I, I'm not saying he shouldn't get the ball. I'm just surprised that he's out-snapping Ty Chandler and he's out-touching Ty Chandler as much as he is. That's the part I don't understand. Like that to me is just wild. Um because I don't I don't see it. And also the analytics don't see it. So I it's I if someone can explain it to me, then great. I'm I'm here to listen. But I don't think anyone um can do it ultimately. But I'd like to see someone have a go. <laughs> I, I would like to watch that. I would like to watch that. Um this, I, I don't have anything that surprised me, but I did. We both get an email from the NFL. Um, this one's uh, titled Seven from Sunday. Never actually looked in. Have you ever read this email we get from the NFL? Yeah, I read it every week. So uh, there's some stuff in here that I, I found very interesting. The fact that, I, I guess you've read this, but do you, do you know how many rookie quarterbacks have won games this season? Uh, it's... I, I can't remember it now. I It's nine? Well, I, it is yeah, nine. Yeah, it's nine. Nine, which is crazy. Like, nine rookie quarterbacks win a game in a season in itself. Yeah. It's crazy enough that it's the most since 1950. But then does say in brackets, excluding 1987. So... Because uh, well, that was the year of the um, walkout. Players went right, on strikes. Okay. So players went on strikes. You had effectively, like... Um, players coming in and filling in uh and the only uh, yeah okay and then Tyreek Hill obviously has been on a historic mad one is has at this well at time of reading has 1222 receiving yards becoming the first player in 62 years and the fifth in NFL history with at least 1200 receiving yards in his first 10 games joining uh Raymond Berry Don Hudson Charlie Hennigan these were all many, many years ago, obviously. And then Elroy, Crazy Legs Hirsch. I mean, if you've got a name like Crazy Legs, I want to know yeah. why Elroy Hirsch has a nickname of Crazy Legs. That... <laughs> I guess he was breaking ankles, right? Um, Maybe. Maybe. I want to know who the... Because there's been 10 quarterbacks, 10 rookie quarterbacks, that have started a game this season. I'm trying to think of the one rookie quarterback who hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. Who hasn't got a win? Oh, sorry, it's a win. Um, Tyson Bajet? No, he must have one. Yeah, he won. He, he, he won. What about the Falcons fellow who played one game and then isn't playing? And that's kind of Hennessy. He's not a rookie, though. No. Oh, this is a good question. So who's the one rookie QB who hasn't uh, landed a victory this year? Has the Oakland Raiders fellow won? Uh, Aiden O'Connell won, yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to think of players who have started. Uh, Saints, have they had anybody? Oh, Clayton Toon of the Cardinals. But is he a rookie? Yeah. Oh. So there you go. Okay. All right. 
And then Brock Purdy, yeah, Brock Purdy recorded a passer rating of one hundred forty-eight point nine in Week Ten, and is the youngest player in NFL history with a passer rating of one forty-five or higher in consecutive starts. Yeah, Uh, that's a solid reminder to how bad the Bucks were on Sunday. On on, (laughs) you're welcome. Do you you know what's funny? Right, is I fully came into this season expecting to be bad. Didn't have a problem with it. I kind of thought that we'd be bad on offense. Baker's been okay. He's not been great. He's not even been good. He's been okay. He's been adequate, is the term. But how bad? Like, ah, just Carlton Davis Jr. and uh, Carlton Davis and um, Jamal Dean were just abysmal in this game. Absolutely abysmal. They were terrible. They were just like, just have a lane, guys. Have fun. Um, but they've been bad for weeks. It's not even like, I don't know. I think this is where the writing is getting on the wall for Todd Bowles because we say it on this show and we've said it quite a few times. If your side of the ball is the side of the ball that's messing up, you as a head coach, you've got to, got to own that, right? Oh, there's balloons on my screen. I put my hand up and then balloons came up on the screen. So you didn't do that? Turn it off. Whatever you've got on, uh, No, it's, it it's, it's, it's some, like, hand gesture thing is coming up and it's doing it. I like I don't know. Um, no, I just don't like that. It's you. So you've got fireworks and balloons. Yeah, I, I I read about this. I read that if you do two thumbs up and... The... Nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there we go. If you are uh, lucky enough the... to be watching on the live stream right now, it's, it's proper Thanksgiving. We've got balloons and fireworks going on. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know I could cause the balloons by doing that because that's all I did with my hand was that. Um, maybe it's this. Maybe if I was waving, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, but the Bucks were bad. Have been bad on defense really the last couple of games. Really, really bad. Um, so yeah, need to sort that out. Um, oh, they were good against the, the Titans, but. They've had a few games where they've not been good and they haven't shown up on, on defense. So um, they got a game against the Colts on Sunday. We'll see what happens. And then Kareem Jackson suspended again. Yep. I mean, yep. is is Sean Payton bringing the bounties out? Because that's the only way I can explain Kareem Jackson's behavior at the moment. He looks like he wants to either paralyze someone or himself consistently game to game. And I don't really understand what's happening. Yeah, I it's I think I think you've got to ban him for longer than four games. Now yeah. I will say this: his challenge on Sunday's bad. It's not even in the top five worst challenges he's made this season. So I think that ban's going to come down. The one he got the initial four game ban for that got reduced to two was far worse than this. I mean, it's bad, and it's bad in. It's bad in isolation. It's worse than the fact that you know that he's already been banned and that he's already put three people in the concussion protocol this season. Mm. Um, he did that in the first three weeks of the season, by the way. Um, I think the league needs to crack down on this sort of behavior. I don't think that... It, it's not a good look that you've got a guy, a multiple offender in a season. I mean, like... For me, this you're talking for me, you should be banned for the rest of the season. Yeah, you've got to give him a punishment. Yeah, 100%. But the thing is, he'll come back 
and obviously won't have changed no. and then do it again. So, because we've this been down coming, this road. But this is not something that Kareem Jackson's ever done in his career. No. So Kareem Jackson is not someone prior to this season that had this reputation. And you've got a coach in Sean Payton who has been proven, who had a year ban for bringing in bounties that got players injured. And the deliberate point of paying players bonuses for injuring players. Now, if the NFL isn't investigating this one, there's a few NFL investigations that need to happen this week. <clears throat> That's one. The other one is Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow's injury. Because he was not listed on the injury report. Uh, he gets injured on Thursday Night Football. He's out for the season. He was seen on Wednesday wearing a cast or some sort of protective element over his wrist. That then got injured and... That's what's caused the season-ending injury. There has to be an investigation into that. Because if you're going to take money from gambling like the NFL do, and you're going to allow not just allow people to bet on your sport, but you're going to actively encourage it and promote it, you've got to have a fair gaming responsibility, which is that the right information is going out to gamblers before the game. And if there was some form of injury on Joe Burrow, people had a right to know about that before the game. Yeah. It, it, especially when in today's world of everything photographed and everything is basically transparent through being seen, then it, it needs to be, even if it's investigated to prove that it's coincidental that he was protecting it for some reason and he's got injured via another reason rather than it looking like he was already injured i'm not saying he wasn't already injured or it was a different part of the wrist or a finger or you see what i'm saying but yeah it needs to something needs to be done i think the worst bit is you see all these things on social media for it and it makes it worse for the people on social media, not necessarily obviously the players involved and stuff, but I saw something about Hamlin getting a comeback player of the year uh, award or being um, what's the word, nominated for it and most likely to win because of the what happened to him on the field and stuff. But then the comments just went off on him because he's been active for only two games this year. He's made one tackle in those two games and hasn't really played. So people were saying, well, he doesn't deserve to be this player. And and fair enough, if the stats, you know, what happened to Hamlin was horrific and he thankfully recovered. But if the stats for somebody else are better for a comeback player of the year, he shouldn't automatically, you know, fair's fair in, in, in that situation. He should, the winner should be the player who's had the most impact on return, for me, yeah. anyway. I yeah, just, I, but, I, I'd agree. Or, or at least if he played every game. Even if he played every game, I think you could make the case. But yeah. if he's played two games and 12. Yeah, um, and made one tackle in those two games. Yeah, it's quite it's quite hard to make that case um, that he's warranting of that award. So, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think you've got to have awards that are based on some form of, of merit. Um, yeah, but, but listen, we live in a world where the MVP... 
it's what annoys me with the MVP discussions. Everyone's talking about the MVP discussion, the MVP this, MVP this. Is it going to be Mahomes? Is it going to be Hurts? Right? The MVP is the single easiest award to to work out. I've talked about it on the show for years, right? If you are struggling to work out who the NFL MVP is going to be, wait till the end of the season. You take the two teams that have got the number one seed, and then you look at the quarterbacks and you compare. It's a two-person award. Has somebody won it from either of those the last loads of years? Yeah. Every single quarterback. The last player that interrupted this streak was Adrian Peterson when he did something absolutely incredible. Which was 2011, 2012, something like that. So the last 10 years, the, the winner of the MVP award has been the quarterback of a number one seeded team. So what's the point? If we all know that's the criteria of the MVP award, why is it the MVP award? Because it's not the most valuable player award. It's not. It's it's the quarterback of the number one seed award. That's what it is. It, <laughs> let's call it what it is. We'll a defensive player. Seed. I can't like it's basically saying it's a giant middle finger to the defense, because I can't even remember the last time a defensive player won NFL MVP. Yeah. It's it's just a pointless award. It's so pointless. It, like it's glorified, it's minted. It's like that's why I don't care how many MVPs Aaron Rodgers has won. It's irrelevant. The guy's won Super Bowl ring, which he doinked. He nicked it. <laughs> like, he's been to one Super Bowl. He's got four, five MVPs. Oh, he's the greatest player of all time because he's got five MVPs. Eli Manning has more Super Bowl rings than Aaron Rodgers. I, I just, I, I said this before, I'm not going to go down to it again. But ultimately, it's the number one, it's the number one, it, number one seeded quarterback. So if it's going to be, it'll be between, at this point, it's between, what, Hurts and Mahomes, I think? Which is fine. I mean, listen, I, I don't have a problem with either of those guys winning the award, if if that's how it works out. Um, I'm just checking that is... So some oh, long-range no, bets. No, so technically, at the moment, it'd be Lamar Jackson... Or Jalen Hurts. And it will go to Jalen Hurts if it's between those two. Also, lump on Jalen Hurts. Um, <clears throat> Murphy. Well, I, I think last, he's the favourite now, but yeah. The last defensive player was in 1986 and was New York Giants Lawrence Taylor with 20 sacks and 105 total tackles. Right. So we're talking 37 years ago. Yeah, I was one. So. Uh, right. Depending on time of year, I was either here or not. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, it, it, it's a pointless award to me. That's I just don't I don't care about MVP. Doesn't doesn't interest me in the slightest. Yeah, it's yeah. All right, fair enough. We've um, strayed from the path as per usual. Not entirely sure we're going to have time to go through every single one of these players, matters. The list is quite comprehensive, sir. But we will start with uh, Zach Charbonnet for a statistical trend heading into week 12. Yeah, I listen, if you've been listening to me for, I don't know, 13 weeks, 14 weeks, 15 weeks, I've been saying all along that Zach Charbonnet was someone that had to be rostered. Zach Charbonnet was someone that had to be owned. Um, uh, we we talked about it in the preseason that we felt he was going to be part of this offense. Yes, it's taken an injury 
to happen, but we've been talking about him on the show for the last few weeks. The usage has been trending upwards. He's been trending more into a 50-50 role with Kenneth Walker Jr. I said that Kenneth, I even said on the Strategy Points podcast, if I didn't say that, it was on the Patreon cast. Um, I said it on one of them that um, I was worried about usage of players. There were some players I named and Kenneth Walker was one of those. Zach Charbonnet now seems to have that backfield to himself for a little while. Um, 85% of snaps, uh, 71% roots run, nine high value touches. So I wrote, I wrote a show up that for me, his floor is like Rashad White. So that kind of usage, he's basically going to be Rashad White as a floor. His ceiling could be absolutely nuts. It could be anywhere. But you're looking at a low-end RB1 this week in Zach Charbonnet. With usage, lack of competition, he's looking good as well. So I'm excited to see Zach Charbonnet come to the fold. Uh, this week in particular, so uh, yeah, big. I'm a big fan of his. I, I like him, and I, um, yeah, don't wish injury on anyone. But I've been saying for weeks he was a player that had to be stashed, and now's the time. Um, Tank Dell, uh, he's a stud. I, I have him as a wide receiver, eleven rest of the season. Cool, blimey. I don't. I, it, I think the statement scares me more than the fact. <laughs> yeah, he's just incredible. He's just in that offense, uh, absolutely incredible. So uh, I'm right there on Tank Dell. Uh, Justin Fields, this was interesting. 14 designed runs, which was the most in a game for his career. So maybe we're starting to see that or it shows one, he's healthy. Uh, and two, maybe that's how they plan to use him more going forward. So this could be good for the fantasy playoffs. He's on a buy after this week. So. Uh, I've kind of hedged on him this week, but um, after the buy, that would be interesting to see if that trend uh, continues. Uh, Isaiah Likely, um, I think he's going to be on the outskirts of a tight end one conversa- uh, conversation for the rest of the season. I think you're going to see a significant role. My worry is I'm not sure if it's consistent. Um, I don't trust the Ravens to plug him into the Mark Andrews role fully. I think you might get games where that happens, but I don't think it's going to be consistent through the season. Um, Keaton Mitchell, everyone was victory lapping on Keaton Mitchell, um, saying that this is the guy who's going to take over the backfield. And I was like, uh, no, I was, but I was like, hold the phone. I'm not seeing the usage. Um, I was in a chat with some of our uh, book buyers. People bought books in the past. Um, and they were saying, yeah, I'm going to start, uh, this is last week or the week before. And they said, I'm going to start Keaton Mitchell. And I was like, Starting at your peril, I can't touch a guy. That, I can't. I can't start a guy that got four touches last week. I don't care that he went for eighty yards, not four touches. Like, right. well, he's not going to doink that every week. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah. Um, he is getting work at Justice Hill's expense, but we've seen it. The Gus Bus is going nowhere. The Gus Bus is the goal line back. The Gus Bus is going to run two touchdowns. Every single game until the end of time, um, he's going to be 85 and he's still going to be running in touchdowns. <laughs> That's what it feels like at the moment. I just like death taxes and Gus Bus touchdown games. Like that just seems to be the thing now. So, uh, yeah, Keith Mitchell is not um, not a thing. Well, I, I would say he's not a thing. I put in the notes 
he's closer to Jaleel McLaughlin than he is to Devon A. Chan. Fair. For context. It's fair. That is that is a superb t-shirt, that Death Taxes and the Gus Bus. <laughs> We've come up with a few this season. Someone's going to have to go back and make some of these. We got the Skittles one. Wow. There was one just after the Skittles as well, wasn't there? Yeah. I have to go back and coin some. I think we, that, there we go. We should put this on Lee or you or someone. Should go back and clip like the best moments of the season and do an episode, like an outtakes episode. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. That sounds time consuming, but it would be good. Yeah. Um, topical here on this next player. I talked about Jane Reed. I've talked about Jane Reed a lot this season. Um, to the point where people have been messaging me on on most platforms uh, about how like what's Jane Reed doing? Like you were in so early on him, and I was like, yeah, uh, I think he's great. Um, back up to seventy five percent of roots last week. Uh, got three end rounds. He broke one of them for a TD, which was amazing, and he scored again today. So um, he's so had two current... carries today as well. Yeah, and that's you know that's why I put the end rounds in. So he's he's had. Two carries for 16 yards. Um, all right, four for 34 for one isn't great, but he's had eight targets in this game. He's, he's leading the wide receivers in targets in this game. Um, so, you know, you're looking at this. He's got six, uh, 50 all-purpose yards, a touchdown, four receptions, six and a half minutes to go. Oh, it does look like the Lions might score. They, um, they're on the... T- oh. No, they've just turned it over on downs. Um <laughs> Looks like the Titans look like they're gonna score. No, uh, not at all. Um, okay. Uh but yeah, Jane Reed is is a really big thing. I hope you picked him up. One player I haven't talked about too much this week, especially on the waiver wire, that I saw people perhaps a little bit shocked by was Justin Watson. You know, he had eleven targets, 142 air yards, um, sixty-seven percent of routes run. Um, and people were, were looking at him like, oh, well, he was going to be the next thing in this Kansas City offense. You know, two things to say about this. One, Kansas City offense is just not something we're going to predict much anymore. Like, it is what it is. Um, if I had, I, I've said this for several weeks, if I have to pluck a player in that core that I'm going to play every week, it's Rashi Rice. I'm not really fussed about MVS. I'm not fussed about. Uh, Sky Moore. I'm not fussed about Justin Watson. Justin Watson had significant drops in this game. That's going to hinder him from getting the ball a lot more uh, going forward. So people, this is the problem with box score scouting is people will look at the stat line of of Justin Watson's game against the Eagles and go, we did against the Eagles. So he's going to be this big thing going forward. I'm just not in agreement with that. In a deep league, I'm absolutely adding him. And Leagues with ridiculous benches or 16-team and above leagues. I'm absolutely adding Justin Watson because I doubt there's much better out there. In a 12-team or less with six bench spots or less, I'm absolutely not touching him. He's just a waste of a, of a roster spot for me. I don't I don't think you're going to see. I think that's the, the ceiling is what you've seen. And it wasn't that great. So I'm, yeah, I'm not saying, like, I'm not knocking him. I'm Lee's next Buccaneer player. I've got nothing against Justin Watson. Just more that offense and the way it's utilized and used. I'm just not, I'm not in on it ultimately. Um, the, the Kansas City offense hasn't scored in the second half of a game in the last three weeks. 
last three games they've played, they haven't scored a point in the second half. Yeah, it's one of those stats that sounds a lot worse than it is. Um, I as with everything, there's context. Yep, look against the Eagles, that's bad, but the Eagles are a good defense. Um, so you know, there's a bit of context that has to be had. Um, there on that one. Um, they also played the Dolphins and the Broncos in those other two games, who. Yeah, and, there, and, there, and there's a buy sandwiched in there as well. So um, it was more to the. I was more leaning on the point where we don't know what this Kansas City offense is at the moment. So playing players from it is hard. So yeah, a little bit. Uh, look, I mean, it, here's my view on it. Right, the Broncos game was just weird. It was a weird game. Um, I don't really know what to. I don't know what to make of it other than it was just, it was a very uncharacteristic game. Yeah. So I, it, it's kind of, I don't really have anything to say on, on that one. Just they were bad, but they were, the weather was affecting the conditions weren't great. That played a part in how they set up. Um, but I, I throw that game out with the bathwater. It's just, it was just one of those days. The, the dolphins game, they were 21 to nothing up. Um, and they're jet lagged. They're in Germany. I'm not making excuses here. I'm just trying to add context that heavy legs in the second half. We see this with many international teams. They thought they'd done enough at 21, nothing up. They had, they won the game 21, 14. Um, it, I'm really only critical of the, my point is it's only the Eagles game. I have some criticism on the way that they were, um, but it's one of those then- trends. It sounds a lot worse than it is, but I would fully expect that to change um, this there, week There's also the thing where they were only three catches away from being 10-0. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that's the NFL, right? It's just it's just any given Sunday. Um, yeah, exactly. These things happen, but they got the Raiders this week, and I fully expect to, them to, <laughs> to trounce them. They're, they're eight-and-a-half-point favourites, and I fully expect them to finish that streak and um and put it to bed so i yeah but to your point about the offense this offense is not amazing if you take patrick mahomes out of this offense this team ain't a playoff team no i'm gonna say it i don't think this team's a playoff team if they're baker mayfield at quarterback i don't think their wide receivers are great i don't think they're bad but there's not a truly elite wide receiver on this team. No. Um, no. And when you're good and you're good for a number of years, you don't get good players in the draft. So you can only sign them in free agency, but they've got this money tied to Mahomes and to Kelsey and to players on the offensive line, which was a massive problem for them, and players on the defense, which was a massive problem for them. You can't pay everyone. So the wide receivers are just, they are a little bit of a much of a muchness, but Matt, Patrick Mahomes elevates their play, makes them relevant, but it does mean they have to share the workload around. You don't have an A.J. Brown. You don't have a Mike Evans. You don't have a Justin Jefferson on this team. There isn't a huge target hog. That's the point. Stop trying to work out who, it's like when Aaron Rodgers had his mere receivers for about six years. Everyone was like getting the wide receiver from Aaron Rodgers is the one. And for five years, 
it just never really produced a fantasy relevant, uh, an overly fantasy relevant player. It's the same thing now. We're seeing exactly the same thing. Just it's fine for flex plays. Every receiver, with the exception of Kelsey on that offense, is a potential flex play. But really, the one, the only one I think you can bank on week to week putting up respectable numbers to be a flex play every week is Rashi Rice. Everyone else, I'm not in on more. I'm not in on anyone else in that offense from a, a long term perspective. Rashi Rice for me is the one that stood out most of the season. He's been the most consistent in his utilization and usage. Yeah. Moving on, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, yeah, 119 air yards. They're starting to air the ball out to him, but Gino is injured a little bit, banged up this week. We're starting to see this changing in the guard a little bit, but Lockett is still being productive. Um, it's kind of what I thought we'd see from JSN. Not a great rookie season, but we'd see flashes. And we'll start to, towards the end of the season, see a bit more usage from him. And that's kind of what we're seeing. So, uh, yeah, it's trending that way that he's going to be somewhat effective. Uh, Kyron Williams is all go. All systems go. Darrell Henderson is gone from the building. Um, he is no longer a Ram for the second time. He's been ruthlessly cut. To the dismay that is of brutal, Williams. isn't it? <laughs> the NFL is brutal when it comes to that sort of thing there is some murmurings and i'm not going to say there are anything more than murmurings that apparently there were some things with the front office and coaching staff that uh with his attitude i don't know if that's true but there is some murmurings that this wasn't just uh a vanity well current williams is back off you go uh, there was an undercurrent that they put up with while he was the starter that they're not going to put up with anymore Fair. um we keep talking about Brian Robinson, man. Ah, uh, you know what? We were so right on him, and I'm so, so glad. I love Brian Robinson. Uh, you know, any guy that gets shot and then comes back four weeks later is just a hero in my book. Um, 78% of snaps, 67% roots. Um, Antonio Gibson left this game, so that's why there was a slight increase. Um, and I think now that it's official that uh, Antonio Gibson is back today, uh, these numbers will drop slightly, but rough um, matchup this week. Yeah, I look, it's a tough matchup this week. But like, from where you got dra- Brian Robinson in draft seventh, eighth round, he's proved amazing value for you. So you know, it's good to see another player producing amazing value is DeAndre Swift, six point three yards per carry, ten point three yards per reception. Um. He wasn't the most efficient back going into the bye, but first game since, that rest has clearly done the world of good. He looked amazing in this game uh, on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, good good to see Andre Smith back to, back to his best. Um, I've never been his biggest fan, but I guess in Detroit, he was struggling with utilization and, and fitness. But you can, you can see this was the player that the Lions drafted that we've been waiting to see for three years. So, um, really good to see. Um, Rashad White is is getting six and a quarter high value touches per game over his last four games, and uh, he's averaging out uh 5.4 for the season. Now, why this is important more for sort of PPR leagues, um, is that he's always going to be a solid play because he's not an efficient running back, right? He's actually not been a great running back from a he's been as bad as Alexander Madison at times running the football, <laughs> but. The Bucks can't run the football. Haven't run the football very well for three or four years. But 
the difference between Alexander Matheson and Rashad White is that Rashad White is very good with the ball in his hands. He's caught all but two passes this year thrown at him, uh, and he's been highly productive with the ball in his hands. So um, if you can give him sort of a bit of an opening, he's been very, very good at exploiting that. Um, so he's a very, very good play in PPR leagues. In a standard league, not so much. But in a PPR league, he is a very, very solid uh, high RB2, low RB1 as a result, even though he's been... And you know what? If you get a day where he's efficient, to the moon, he's going to win you a week. Nice. Um, Javante Williams, um, 11% of roots run last week, uh, which was a season low and only two receptions. Um, the running backs in this game got 14 uh, receptions. And he got two. Wow. Um, you know, again, people going wild. Javante Williams. Everyone was like, Javante Williams to the moon. And I was like, I, I didn't feel it. I just didn't feel it. I don't trust him enough. He's never done it. Um, and this is, it's just, I just don't see the upside. I've never seen the upside with Javante Williams. He's a very talented player. He's kind of in that... He's where DeAndre Swift was a year ago for me. He's yet to prove that he is a he is as explosive a player as, as it looks. And he's as valuable as a player as it looks. And maybe he needs to move like DeAndre Swift moved to prove that. I don't know. But you listen, you're a Bronco. I, I don't see it. I don't see... Javonta Williams RB1 in fantasy football anytime soon. Certainly not in orange and blue. No. Yeah, I, it's I, just it's confusing. I think for me it's it, it's not the system for him to do it. And I think you're right. We need to see a Devonta Swift kind of thing where and sadly, obviously for me, it would be someone of his caliber, not caliber, someone of his skill set and potential to move on would be sad, but yeah, we're, we're not going to see it in orange and blue. No, I don't see it anymore. The longer he's there, I don't see it. Uh, ultimately. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curbing the upside there and I'm pouring a bit of cold water there. Cause not a lot of people are going to, cause they, they believe and that's fine. But, that belief is is what's going to kill you in a fantasy championship. Uh, <laughs> belief sink ships, man. We sound like pirates now. <laughs> <laughs> we do a bit, yeah. I, I yeah, I've j- I just just a little careful there. Um, what else? Uh, so much to go. Right, uh, Tony Pollard. I just put looks looks great, which is awesome. Uh, he's looking more explosive. He's looking. <laughs> He's looking a lot stronger, which is which is great. You know, that's what we want. Um, he's definitely looking a lot better um, as a player. Uh, d- this is a surprising one. I nearly put this in my surprising line that Dennis Johnson is now above Tank Bixby. I when did Dennis Johnson become a thing? Like, I don't get it. Like, Doug, Doug Pedersen annoys me at times with running backs. Like, he absolutely baffles me. Tank Bixby has been fine in the role that he's been. I don't get how Dennis Johnson's now all of a sudden come along and become a thing. Like, why? Why have we confused this more um, when it didn't need to be? 
Uh, it's not affected ETN. It's just kill tank Bigsby. If you were stashing tanks Bigsby, as I was advising people to do, I'm now with the, the thinking of maybe you ditch him. Maybe hold a week and see what happens. If Dennis Johnson is getting RB2 snaps here, I'm out. Because that's never a good sign. And I don't I don't dislike Dennis Johnson, but Tank Bigsby was supposed to be a bit more of a thing than, than he is. Um, and this does correlate with, with Travis Etienne. His two lowest snap shares in the past two weeks. And I, I did point to this, that there were five or six players on uh, that are on for elite touches. Um, when I say elite touches, like record-breaking levels of touches. And Travis Etienne was one of those players. So I'm not ex- I'm not shocked that his utilization is going down. It doesn't mean you sit him. Like, his volume is fine. It's just that elite volume that we were getting is, is going down. Um, But now Dennis Johnson is kind of, like, taking some snaps. I'm a bit like, right, okay. It's a bit frustrating, but it is what it is. Um... Damien Pierce, he can go off your roster now. Devin Singletree is um, taking over. He's looked great. He's looked explosive. He's looked really, really good. In, a, in an offense that I wasn't convinced could run the ball very well, like Damien Pierce mm-hmm. is done. I think he's done. Uh, I think he can go off rosters now. I think Singletree's pretty much uh, made him irrelevant. Um a couple of 50-50 or closer to 50-50 backfields. Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. I can't tell if this was just because DTR was throwing the ball like th- three inches in front of him. Um, <laughs> and like that, this is why. I, I I don't know. If if you if you ever want to watch a game that makes you fall out of love of the NFL, watch the Browns-Steelers game from last Sunday. My word. I defensively brilliant offensively arguably the worst game i've ever seen i mean i'm not surprised matt canada got fired after that i mean like the guy has literally been bulletproof for three years being producing no offense and yet um they lose in that style in that game yeah you deserve to get fired for that because it was it was atrocious on both teams offenses i mean it was it was bad like dtr was basically just going like that I like basically, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to some air dot stats in a minute uh, that just will prove this point. It was shocking. So like, I'm hoping that DTR will throw the ball a little bit more uh, further field. Like maybe he might get it like six inches. <laughs> uh, no, I'll get a bit more, uh, and we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, um, I'm just imagine bit, if you're a new. A imagine more, if you're a new. Cream hunts up to forty five percent in that offense. I need that to go down a bit. Yeah. Are you still there, Murph? Sorry, my uh, thing's gone a bit weird. There we go. Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, it just went a bit weird on my screen there for a second. Um, Where's up to? Yeah, another 50 50 backfield. Chuba Hubbard, Miles Sanders. Chuba Hubbard hasn't been that amazing. Miles Sanders starting to come into it a bit more. I basically would fade both these two as a starter uh, going forward. I think you can just sort of hedge them. Uh, one player that has emerged uh, in one of the worst offensive games I've ever seen is Jalen Warren. Um, he looked amazing. 129 <laughs> yard rushing day, just nine carries. Um, he was probably the only player on offense in this game that was uh, 
particularly brilliant. Um, it's still a 50-50. People are saying, oh, well, Warren has got this job now. I'm not sure, but I think they're a 50-50. They're a 1A and 1A or 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call them. Um, but anyway, yeah, Joe Warren looked great. Um, but, you know, I, I'm always slightly nervy of these 129-yard Yeah, he did it on nine carries, which is great because it shows he's explosive. On the flip side, even when he was great and scored 129 yards on nine carries, he only got nine carries. So mm. there's two schools of thought here. One is, wow, the guy was really explosive. The second thing, and this is the one that's more pertinent to me, is, well, if he was that booming good, why did he not get 18 touches or 20 touches? Because if if that's the best you're going to be, why would you stop? Yeah. Like, if that's how you're hurting the other team, why are you... And then maybe this is why Matt Cannon got fired, because everyone can see he's so much better than he is. I don't know. Um... Yeah, that's my worry is that he only got nine carries because that doesn't like when I see things like that, that doesn't correlate very well for me. Like there's a reason he's only got nine carries and it's either design or there's something that we're not seeing and it's typically on the practice field or they, they have a belief in, in Harris. I don't know. Um, Jamar Gibbs. Nine how you value, nine how you um, high value touches, which is great. Um, listen, him and Montgomery are both going to be strong plays going forward. I think now, I listen. I was really out on Gibbs. I don't really have a lot of Gibbs because I always took the cheaper back. I took Montgomery in this late. Like, I don't regret that decision because Montgomery is still great in his own right. He scored a touchdown again this evening, by the way. Um, it's just. Um, I can see now the utilization and usage is now justifying Gibbs' ADP as it is now, but it's taken a long time to get there. This is maybe uh, the role that people kind of thought it was going to be, but it has taken a long time to get there. Um, And I think this is a good lesson. This is a good case study for rookie RBs with a strong running back alongside maybe aren't worth that high in ADP. Might come good in the end, but it's going to take you a while to get there. Yeah, the Lions just scored and converted a two-point conversion. So it's a seven-point game with 40 seconds left. Onside kick coming. Oh, who scored? Um, Josh Reynolds. Ah, oh, I took him out of the lineup today as well. Yeah, me too. Ah, oh, Laporta got the two-point attempt, though. So, you know, there is that. Um, so, yeah, if they... And, and they've still got some time out. So, yeah, they will need a first down. Um, they need the onside okay. kick. If they, if yeah, I mean, but I mean, even if they don't recover, Green Bay will need a first down. I but no, actually they won't because they've got enough downs. Yeah, no, they'll be fine. So yeah, if it's it will go to victory formation if they don't recover the onside kick. Um, Quentin Johnston, I keep saying this most week, another really underwhelming performance. This is really bad though because this was the one week where everyone was out. Like, Keenan Allen was banged up. Uh, and every other wide receiver on this roster was pretty much out of this game. And he still wasn't good. I mean, Stone Sturette, or whatever his name is, got the third tight end on the roster, scored and looked explosive. And Johnston didn't. I, I'm i almost at a point now where Johnston is a, is a drop. 
Because if he can't produce in this spot, in that matchup, he ain't ever doing it in this season. Next season, very, very different. Yeah. Um, uh, Green Bay got the ball. Boo. So that should be the end of the game. Um, <sighs> Michael Mayer trending upwards, 70% of roots, three last four games, and Austin Hooper is pretty much down and out, which is cool. Uh, keep an eye on Joe Mixon. I think now with Burrow out for the season, he's going to be a really high value play. He could be a fantasy. I'm going to go as far as say he's a league winner in coming weeks, but he's going to have a really high utilization. Um, because they've been so heavy on the pass that Joe Mixon hasn't been as involved as much as he should have been. Um, but now I think that's going to go the other way. I think they're going to rely on Joe Mixon a lot more. So I think you're going to see, uh, Joe Mixon, for me, is an RB1 for the rest of the season. Uh, Jameson Williams uh, was trending upwards, 66% of roots. Um, two catches for 51 today, but only three targets. It's not in a role that is uh, touching something for me that's worth starting. Khalil Herbert was obviously healthy enough. He handled 18 touches. That's good. Uh, Saquon Barkley... I put 50 air yards. The other a ton of catches was really receiving efficiency. Um, but they're starting to get him involved. They realized that he's the playmaker on this offense. And you know, it was a big reason why they won this game. <laughs> starting okay. to see that he's the playmaker on this offense. It's only yeah. taken how long? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only taken 11 weeks to realize that he's by far. I mean, listen, he's got Danny DeVito's cousin throwing him the football. He's got like the supporting cast of the Goonies as his wide receiver core, like. <laughs> There's another, there is another t-shirt there, Danny DeVito and the Goonies in New York giant kit. I just, I don't know what to say, man. Like it's the New York giants. I it's great. Uh, it, it's a great watch. Uh, it's not a great watch, um, but it's interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just slogans all over the place right now we're we're off a whole brand we're gonna have an entire wardrobe of t-shirts come the end of the show uh absolutely um <laughs> yeah danny devito and the goonies uh all, all we need is dave gettleman to come back in like the shadows <laughs> have, you, <laughs> we've got him, have you seen have you seen big mouth no okay so uh well there's a, a grid sort of the ghost of despair in there is a sort of grim reaper guy who comes out the shadows and tells you all your fears and stuff because it's about teenagers growing up. And uh, Dave Gettleman could easily be the the guy from Big Mouth in that Goonies t-shirt. But you need to have seen Big Mouth for that reference to... Uh... No. Yeah, I've not seen it. Um, I made a great point here about uh, the, the, the ton of... Um... Dontavian Wicks being really productive in the limited role. Yeah, no targets today, so it's been that. <laughs> and the Cardinals uh, just—they um, just look—they're getting the ball to their playmakers in very concentrated, it's very narrow trees. Uh, but Rondell Moore is becoming more of a thing. Michael Wilson be more of a thing when he's healthy. Um, but yeah, it's just a very and you know the ball's just going to go to Trey McBride and Marquis Brown, but mostly Trey McBride. Basically, Trey McBride is going to get about. Uh, I don't know. It seems like he's going to get like 60% of the targets at the moment. It's ridiculous. What? So if I look at, uh, if I look at Sunday's game, I, 
Um, where is it? I mean, they, they almost beat the Texans, which fair shout to them. Uh, so if I look at, at this, Kyler Murray threw the ball 30 times. There were 29 recognized targets. Trey McBride had seven of them. I actually thought he had more. It felt like he had more. Greg Dorch had eight. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Don't pick up Greg Dorch. Um, He was stepping in because um, Michael Wilson wasn't. And also, Greg Dorch kind of earned it because he had a great play on special teams. And if you do well on special teams, you get rewarded, and I like that. Um, But yeah, it it just means... I mean, it's not the overly most exciting offense we've ever seen, but it's pretty concentrated, and it's pretty predictable, which is... In fantasy football, you can kind of dig that. Yeah, because something sinks ships. I can't even remember what it was now. But uh, what did we say? Belief. Did we say? <laughs> Belief sinks ships. There you go. <laughs> Belief sinks ships. made it more. Belief sinks ships. Yeah. Oh, I've, even got, I've, even, I've got an idea for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to make ten, another It's going to be Ted Lasso, isn't it? It's going to be Ted Lasso's Belief sign. <laughs> And you're just going to have the Titanic in the background. That's, well, that's not a terrible one. Well, maybe the Titanic's um, a little uncouth. We should go for something nondescript where people didn't actually perish. Yeah, like like someone's like crashed in the harbour or something like that. Yeah. Crashed entering got... the harbour. That would be even better. Yeah, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Right, Rush Nation, that is going to do it for Thanksgiving. Murph, enjoy the rest of your evening. Hope you managed to catch some ball before you go to bed. Looks like we missed a fairly interesting end to the Packers-Lions games, but there's two more to go. Two more to go. Rush Nation, don't forget to head over to Twitter, or X as it is now, and do subscribe to the four-game elimination. Let's get the dad home. And then... Yeah, follow Murph on X at Murph underscore NFL. But until next week, Rush Nation, enjoy your football. Week 11, 12 is... Is it week 12? Week 12 is underway, baby. Four weeks left. We are so close to that half of being full. This is 17 weeks in. Uh, Yeah, forgotten that. Five weeks. Well, it's four weeks, really, and then... For those couple of lucky souls playing in the final, there'll be more ships coming to fill those docks. It's that time of year again, Murph, where we we start to grind hard for that final push. But Rush Nation, until next week, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 